Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs> hey, all you candy sluts and bubble butts. Welcome to another episode of Candy Girl Podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Emily. And today we're talking to Erica Heidewald. Erica, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Erica Heidewald. You nailed it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so um, you might recognize that name from a couple of things, but most recently, if you know anything about what's going on with Bella Thorne and OnlyFans, Erica had this kind of viral thread about why what she's doing has really harmed sex workers, especially long term. And I thought today we could kind of talk to you about that situation in particular, and then any opinions you might have on celebrities appropriating this sex work aesthetic and using it to make themselves look cooler, but then not really helping sex workers in any way. Yeah, for sure. So I guess my first question, in your own words, could you kind of explain what's going on with the Bella Thorne situation? Yes. So basically, Bella Thorne joined OnlyFans and made an incredible amount of money very quickly. And then this was controversial, but not like straightforwardly wrong in any way. But then she sent out a pay-per-view message for $200 and claimed that it was going to be a nude photo, but then it wasn't. And so a lot of her subscribers were upset and asked for chargebacks. And so suddenly there was this unprecedented huge amount of chargebacks that OnlyFans was uh, on the hook for. So basically, OnlyFans was on the hook for this huge amount of chargebacks, and so they implemented some policies that affect all OnlyFans creators, and originally they uh, made a cap of $50 for pay-per-view messages and $100 for tips. Uh, They have since raised the cap on pay-per-view messages to $100, I think because there's been a big backlash. And in some countries, they are now um, doing a 30-day pending period for people to get their money instead of uh, a seven-day pending period. At first, it was unclear if that was going to be everywhere. It's still pretty unclear what's really going to happen because they've never come out and like sent an email to everybody uh, describing the changes. It's really people have just had to figure it out by trying to send a pay-per-view message for $200 and not being able to do it and other people trying to get their money out and not being able to do it. So I think right now OnlyFans is still kind of figuring out how they're going to handle this situation because I don't think they were prepared for the massive amount of bad press they got over this. But basically, people are now very angry at Bell Thorne for just thoughtlessly coming into the platform and scamming, which 
not only led to these draconian policies that really affect all of us, but also just increased that unfair stereotype that sex workers already deal with, that uh, we are scammers in some way, and that we are overpriced or taking advantage of customers. And so that's a really damaging stereotype that we've worked really hard to overcome. And so to have a very privileged, very rich actress come in and really not think about the lives and livelihoods of all the people who built this platform and made it what it is and harming us in the process, that has resulted in a lot of anger and also just a lot of fear on individuals' behalf of how this is going to affect our lives and our ability to pay our bills. And OnlyFans didn't allow refunds originally, right? Or they still don't? No, they do. Um, OnlyFans has a pretty generous chargeback policy, I think, because, well, I mean, you're always going to have some scammers on the internet, you know, that's uh, inevitable. And so OnlyFans doesn't want to be associated with scamming and stuff. So they've got a pretty generous chargeback policy. If uh, somebody pays for something and they don't get what they wanted, they can do a chargeback and get their money back. This can be problematic because a lot of people do this, not because they didn't get what they paid for, but because as soon as they weren't horny anymore or their wife saw the credit card statement, they regretted spending the money and then do a chargeback. And so that has led to problems for, I'm sure for OnlyFans as a, as a company, but definitely I know for creators. But I think they... Well, because they do give people all of their money back, they still have processing fees from banks. A lot of times banks charge like $25 fee for a chargeback. And so this has uh, put OnlyFans on the hook for a lot of money. And you mentioned in your thread that sex work, this is a big problem for sex workers, particularly because they don't even get to live paycheck to paycheck. They kind of have to live large sum of money to large sum of money from the content that they put out. Yeah, that's true. Basically, for a lot of sex workers, obviously, this isn't a job where you get paid by the hour. And it's not a job where you get paid consistently at all. There's a lot of girls who are putting in a lot of work and having days or weeks where they are making nothing. And uh, especially when you're starting out, it can be really hard to get subscribers and get people to buy your content. And um, and so what makes it pay off for a lot of people is you have these bigger ticket items. You have custom videos and things like that, which you can sell for maybe $300. And then that big, that big payday is what's going to help you pay your bills and you've got to stretch it out over time. And so the ability to price your content at whatever you think the value is, uh, is it's just integral to sex workers being able to make a living doing this. Um, because especially when you're starting off, so like for 
larger creators who have a much larger audience, they can price things lower because they can sell more. You know, they can do a $10 video and sell it to 2,000 people. But when you're first starting off, it's a lot more intimate. It's a lot more one-on-one. -on -one. And so you're a lot more likely to spend a bunch of time on a video for one person. You'll never sell it to anybody else. It's very particular to that person. And then it's going to be a higher priced item because it's just, um, yeah, it's just work for that one individual. So we talked to Gwenadora about how a lot of sex workers have to put their content on a bunch of different websites because a lot of times things like this will happen where a porn site's taken down and then that's another source of income that they're missing. Do you think if OnlyFans does end up going down because even, I mean, beyond this scandal, they have some tax evasion issues. Do you think people are going to start moving toward porn sites mm -hmm. or are there other options for sex workers? So I think that um, there's, I mean, there's a wide variety of creators on OnlyFans. And one reason why OnlyFans has become successful is because it has this like mainstream reach, like outside of um, specifically the porn world. And so it's been able to reach a lot of people who have like never paid for porn before, um, haven't gone on all of those, you know, paid porn websites. And it also reaches people who aren't really comfortable with going on super explicit sites. And and I think that that also is a big comfort level for a lot of the creators because a lot of creators on OnlyFans don't, maybe don't necessarily consider themselves as creating pornography and are, this is a day job or a side job kind of, you know? So you've got like your people for whom this is a career absolutely will move to another platform and and figure it out and it will hurt people for a while because it's always hard to move over an audience you know you're gonna have a just a break in your steady income but uh, for the people who like for example were working in the service industry and then they've been doing more OnlyFans during the pandemic because they needed a way to make more money I think a lot of them will not move over to porn sites and I would assume if anything people would go back more to like doing premium Snapchat and stuff like that. Okay, so this seems like a good place to segue into, you know, learning more about you as a person outside of a pretty dope Twitter thread. <laughs> okay, so how did you get your start in sex work? Um, so I'm an actress and I'm from Indiana originally, but I moved to LA um, completely on my own and supporting myself. And for a long time, I did a wide variety of odd jobs um, because as an actor, you really need something that's flexible. You need something that's going to allow you to go on auditions and things like that. So. For a long time, I did, um, I did like transcribing for reality TV. I worked at a comedy theater. I, um, I wrote comedy articles for a living for a few years. I've done a lot of different kinds of jobs, but they were always, it was always really hard just to ever be anything besides surviving. And I got really exhausted um, really by just always being so poor and I just didn't want to live right at the edge anymore 
And so a few years ago, I decided to try stripping and, um, and this was a big thing for me because I was not necessarily someone who was like morally, I was very supportive of sex work, but I had a lot of hangups when it came to myself, you know, and I was definitely just scared of it and really didn't want people to know. So when I was stripping, I, it was a total secret. I did it like an hour away from my house and did not tell people, but I did figure out pretty quickly that I liked it and I was pretty good at it. And that, um, cause I guess, you know, I was worried about like this moment, the very first time that you like whip your top off on stage in front of other people and that would be like this line you cross and you become this other person. And then I was up on stage that first time, whipped my top off, and I was like, you know what? This is not that weird. Like, I'm the same person I was a minute ago. I've danced before, I've been on stage before, and I've been naked before. And I'm just combining these things now. So I did that for a bit. I did enjoy it. But LA is not a great place to be a stripper or a for many reasons, but the biggest one for me is that it's a very high contact environment. Like there are some states that have very strict laws where you cannot like touch the dancers. And I wish that that was the case in California, but it is not. And I just reached a point where I was like, I cannot let anyone touch me again. Uh, I, I will just break the fingers of the next man who touches me. And so that was pretty clear. I was like, okay, I can't go back to work. So then I went back to sort of my regular life of, you know, odd jobs and side jobs for a while because I I was concerned about, you know, doing something like OnlyFans because I was afraid of losing legitimacy as an actress and I was afraid of, you know, people screenshotting things and using them against me in the future. And then I... I talked about it with a friend of mine whose sister was in porn and he just kind of like helped me analyze all of these thoughts and fears that I had, you know, and it was like, well, someone can only use that against you if you think it's something that can be used against you, if you have shame about it, you know, and I realized the only thing holding me back was, yeah, my fear of what other people would think. And I didn't want to live like that. And if people see me in a less legitimate way as an actress, that's really on them. And I guess I don't want to work with people who would feel that way, especially because it's so fucking arbitrary. Like, I would do a nude scene as an actress, you know, I could do a nude scene uh, playing a stripper as an actress and, and that's legitimate, that's art, but as soon as you do it without a camera filming you and, you know, it's, it's you, <laughs> then suddenly you're, you know, not respectable as a person. I just didn't care for that cognitive dissonance anymore and decided sort of well, my career is what I make it to be, and I really don't need to like be on Nickelodeon or anything. So I, I started an OnlyFans about it almost a year ago, and I have so I have like built up an online audience for a pretty long time. I've been doing YouTube for five years, and I mean, just through a combination of like 
social media and acting and stuff like I had a good amount of people who were ready to like sign up and support me from day one and and that's so you guys asked me before we started recording if I use my real name and I do and there's a couple of reasons behind that one is that well I use my real name on my social media and if I wanted to be able to make money at OnlyFans relatively quickly it really behooved me to just go ahead and use my regular social media where I already had an audience and I also just sort of figured I'm already so public there's so many things about me on the internet there's so many photos of me already out there so many not to be like so many people know who I am but like enough people knew that I was like this is not gonna stay a secret if I try and make it a secret and then I don't want to deal with, you know, oh, someone finds you out and exposes you and was like, you know, what? I'm exposing myself from day one. Boom. I'm making an OnlyFans. If you want to see my tits, click on that. And so from day one, honestly, it was life changing money and it made my life so much more stable and just doable. And uh, I have not struggled to pay my rent. I haven't had to borrow money from people to pay my rent. and. Uh, so yeah, that's when, so that's how I got into sex work. And so yeah, the, my OnlyFans journey has really only been just about a year. When I, cause most sex workers will use a pseudonym. So when I first saw your name, I was like, mm -hmm. Heidewald is a weird choice for a fake last name, but like, you know, <laughs> it's a beautiful stage name, isn't it? Yeah. It just sounds so <laughs> nice and it's so easy to spell. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it made more sense when you're like, oh yeah, people always got my name wrong as a kid. I was like, oh, it's a real name. Okay. Makes more sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you said earlier that you talked with your friend about your fears going into sex work and he told you it, it's only shameful if you let it be shameful. And you kind of came to that realization, like, well, I don't want to let it be shameful. Mm -hmm. Was that just like a one moment for you where you were like, I'm not going to let this define me? Or did it take some time for you to be like, this isn't what I want, but I need to work toward that? I would say it was both things where I had like a long, slow evolution on my like thinking. And also it was a bit of a eureka moment also where I was forced to really just look at my own arguments in the way that it was like a long slow change in my thinking I okay so like when I was in high school I well I loved Kate Winslet still do and she has a very just open perspective on nudity because she gets asked about it a lot because she's done some, you know full frontal she's you know she's shown bush and and not every actress in like her of her caliber is down to do that and and I remember like reading an interview with her she's like it's, it's just a body it's the human body it's my body like <laughs> it's not that big of a deal and I remember thinking like I, I want to feel that way like, I want to feel like that because I didn't. I was really one of the girls who would, like, not change in front of other people in the locker room and stuff, you know? And, uh, but I, I would have rather felt like that. And then I, I went to a bikini bar for the first time, uh, after I moved to LA and seeing all these girls 
up on stage and there were just incredible dancers and so beautiful and I was intoxicated by their performances you know and their power and their confidence and once again it was a, a feeling of I want that I want to feel like that and I guess I've always just been a person who feels like if I want to be something then I can be that thing and so I I kind of just decided to feel that way and feel that way about myself and then I now I do <laughs> and uh, so it's like now I have the mindset I always wanted to have and it feels as good as I thought it would feel like I feel confident and great and I and uh, I don't feel ashamed of things and and I mean I always knew that any like uh, hang-ups I had about it were purely about my fears of repercussions um, because I'm I'm not really like a person to make impulsive decisions that might hurt me later. Um, I'm a very like future focused person. I've been wearing sunscreen every day since I was 11. You know, I just, I'm always looking ahead. And so I, I was concerned always about, you know, how um, a sex work could be used against me in the future. And then there was a point where I realized, you know, I'm, I'm not running for office, I'm not going to become a teacher. Really, the only way people could use this against me is just to try and embarrass me, and I'm not embarrassed, so there is actually nothing holding me back. And so, yeah, it was kind of, I'd had a long, slow evolution in my thinking that set the stage for a sudden, like, switch. Yeah. There are There is kind of one direction that I'd really like to steer the conversation into, so... Thoroughly stalking your Twitter. Okay. Let's talk about your music. Do you think that doing oh. sex work has had an impact on your passion for music? Because you mentioned you came to LA specifically to be an actress. Mm -hmm. Was music always in the back of your mind? Yes. So um, I've always loved acting and music. I'm definitely just a performer of all kinds. I mean, so I've done a lot of modeling also, and there's not a lot of types of performing I don't enjoy, you know? And I remember when I was, <laughs> when I was like 12 and I was thinking a lot, planning a lot about, you know, my future as a, just a superstar, Oscar winning actress slash, you know, arena selling out pop star. And I thought, well, which one will I focus on first? You know, cause you kind of gotta have your focus in one place. And I felt, <laughs> I felt like if you, if you started out as a musician, you would have a harder time being seen as a, like, legitimately talented actor. So it's like, I'm going to start with the acting. So <laughs> that's kind of where my uh, decision to do that came from. But I've always loved both. And I have been making music uh, the whole time that I've been in LA, but just sort of sporadically when I would find somebody who I would want to collaborate with, you know, then I would collab with them. But I didn't know how to like produce on my own. So it was always just sort of if I happen to meet people to work with. And then I got really into like the rave scene over the last few years. And I um, like I've been a, a festival vlogger and I've done a lot of like brave fashion modeling and I just met a ton of people like in this business and I started to realize like I 
I really want to put more energy into pursuing music and, um, and into pursuing that dream still. And I want to learn how to produce and DJ and be able to actually do it myself. And so that's what I, I started working on. And definitely, so the way that sex work has affected my music career is actually really fucking cool because music is, um, especially the EDM, it's not free to get started. You know, you, you need some software, you like, uh, you need DJ controller. And those are things I could not afford before I started doing sex work. And I know there are some people who worry that like starting in sex work will make people not see them legitimately as musicians but I I wouldn't be where I am without doing sex work because it has given me that extra income that I needed and also freed up my time I'm because I used to, so I used to be a delivery driver for like Grubhub and DoorDash and I just worked literally every hour that I could. I worked constantly. And doing that, I could make enough money to live and pay my bills and stuff. But that didn't leave enough time to, like, spend six hours a day to learn Ableton, you know. But since I've focused more on OnlyFans and making my money there, I, yeah, I've been able to buy Ableton and buy a, a DJ controller and speakers. And, and now I can spend six hours a day on music because... I, I have that time. And so definitely sex work has opened up my, my possibilities to actually be able to focus on music as much as I want to. I kind of want to take this to segue into celebrities, musicians, actresses using this sex work or like for aesthetic to look edgy or cool or sexy and then not always giving sex workers the acknowledgement that they deserve or like not standing up for sex workers when they're facing horophobia. So I, yeah, I kind of want to talk about that with you, your opinions on that and how can people, because I think, I think this, I'm a hoe and I'm proud of it mindset is really empowering for some people. So how can people maintain this while also helping sex workers and acknowledging that it comes from sex work? So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something I have thought about a lot. I mean, first of all, I thought about it for myself because, um, as I said, I started as an actress and I like made the choice to get into sex work and had to, you know, Google it to learn how do I start this? Um, and so I recognized that I was coming in like as an outsider, you know, and I wanted to, I wanted to be respectful and learn everything that I could. And so like, I, like before I started stripping, I read constantly uh, on like stripper forums and I just like learned everything that I could because I was conscious of like, I don't want to come in and like be a gentrifier of sex work, you know? And so, uh, I, yeah, I really think that celebrities deserve to get shit for that. Because, like, honestly, if I was thinking about that, and I'm poor, and uh, nobody knew who I was unless they were really into lesbian movies and had seen Bloomington, then, <laughs> yeah, bigger celebrities should absolutely be thinking about that. You're playing in an industry 
for fun where other people have spent their lives building it up and also risked a lot to do that. So yeah, I, I do think that when celebrities want to do anything like within the world of sex work, they should join the community and they should talk to people and they should learn best practices and they should not just come in and see themselves as like automatically at the top of the game like this is a different game from yours you know you're coming into this industry as a newbie even though you're famous and then from the aesthetic perspective I personally I'm not someone who thinks like you can't wear stripper heels if you're not a stripper it's like first of all they are so cute and they are so comfortable I I cannot imagine walking around in some of the stilettos that ordinary ladies are wearing like they're so painful and really bad for your feet so honestly just from like you know foot care perspective I really can't tell people don't wear stripper heels when you're going out because I think they're going to be better for you uh, <laughs> but the problem is when people feel the need to distance themselves from sex workers to and that's why it's problematic when people go well, I'm not doing nudity you know, as if oh, doing nudity now, that makes you a different kind of person that is bad. So I'm not that. And I, I think that it's really important for people to recognize their own internal biases against uh, sex work and, and combat those the same way you have to combat your biases against other groups of people. I mean, it's, it's an it's a cultural appropriation issue also and and it's one that does have very high stakes because sex work is a very dangerous business and especially like full service sex work is the most dangerous job in the world and so you have to have respect for that when you are engaging in anything inspired by sex work or related to it this is something I've called people out for in the rave community too, because a lot of rave fashion is very inspired by like stripper wear and stuff. And, and a lot of rave girls do OnlyFans, a lot. Like a ton of my friends who I know through raves do it. But then, so there's also the little backlash. There's the, uh, every rave girl has OnlyFans. And then the girls who are like, am I the only girl who goes to raves who doesn't have an OnlyFans? But then their profile picture is like wearing some, you know, micro top bikini that I'm like, who do you think invented that style, honey? Like, you think Prada invented that? Like, no, that came from the club, okay? And so people do need to recognize you are taking something from a culture and disrespecting it. And... And just because it's not a, you know, an ethnicity or something, it's still, it's still a culture. And, and it's still one where, yeah, as I said, the stakes are very high for people. And I really don't mind like the popularization of the ho aesthetic because I love the ho aesthetic. Like we look great, like, of course. And, and, um, and I totally love people feeling sexy and comfortable with themselves and down to show off their bodies and I think that kind of confidence and you know lessening 
how much we as a society judge people for how they dress um, can only be helpful for us. But I do think people should really examine in themselves why they feel a desire to make sure everyone knows that they themselves aren't actually a sex worker. You know, like why, why do you feel the need to do that? And, and what harm would come to you from embracing people and, uh, and from lifting people up? And a lot of times it's not. And sometimes it is some, sometimes you might, you, you bring on a little risk into your own life. And that's fair because people who do this for a job have a lot of risk in their own life. And so, yeah, if you want to, if you want to come in and take the, you know, the cute fun parts of this life, then you should recognize that you should share some of the, the burdens too, you know, and also just, especially like if you love the hoe aesthetic, then these are your fellow hoes, you know, like do not leave your fellow hoes alone in the woods without anyone to help, you know, like we're all in this together. It's like, like, I personally, I don't do super explicit content um, just because, well, you know, all those hangups I grew up with are not gone. Um, so I'm not just, I'm just not like comfortable with everything. But I don't like walk around announcing that to try to show like I'm different than other people. And in fact, it's made me a little uncomfortable when I've been interviewed by some like media organizations through all of this because they ask me like what kind of content I make. And I really do not want them to present me as some kind of more legitimate, more respectable spokesperson for OnlyFans because I don't do, you know, as explicit of content as other people. And so I'm like, I'd rather you not say anything about what kind of content I make because I work, it doesn't matter. Like this, we're all doing the same, we're all making entertainment that people jack off to, you know? And lots of people are doing that. Actors are making entertainment people jack off to. You know, I've got a friend who watches Outlander regularly, religiously, as porn. Like, so, I don't even think there should be this huge distinction between what's porn and what's not, you know? Like, we're all just trying to feel beautiful and uh, express ourselves and entertain ourselves and entertain others and so trying to like draw these strict lines between you and other people based off of arbitrary differences in uh, what you do like because I mean even if you're not posting nudes but you're posting you know like lingerie photos on Instagram or you know you're showing posting pictures that show your butt which like a million people are doing uh there's plenty of people who think that's porn you know like you're not different it, we're all the same in this so stop trying to like throw other people under the bus so that you can look better it's just respectability politics and respectability politics always ends up hurting all of us like it does not help it will not save you to try to appeal to people's 
morality who will judge you because they are going to judge you. And the only way out of this is to change those cultural ideas of what is moral. I've had this podcast for two years interviewing sex workers, and I have never once thought to be like, what kind of content do you make? I feel like that's such an invasive question. Right? Yeah. I've been surprised because I wasn't ready for all of these. Like, I wasn't ready for the BBC to ask me, like, what kind of content I make and, like, exactly, like, what kind of video do I sell for what amount of money and I was like this is starting to feel really uh invasive and uncomfortable and like it's it's personal too and it's also individual like I might have certain kinds of content that I post on my OnlyFans but I might make something real weird for an individual person because, you know, they're cool and they wanted it and they're willing to pay for it. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll I'll do a video of me stepping in mashed potatoes and fucking smearing them all over myself. Like, am I going to tell that to the BBC? It's not their business. I, I know kind of which tweet you're referring to. The fact the BBC, it's, they singled, it, I'm sorry, in that article, they singled you out. Like, they singled you the fuck out. Like, <laughs> I read that and I was like, <laughs> like, it doesn't, it shouldn't even matter. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that, that interview, I, I don't want to, you know, um, say anything bad about the woman who wrote it. Because I, I do think she was just coming from such a different place. She's a business writer. And so she was trying to understand the the mechanics behind the business models and trying to figure out and be able to put a number on, you know, how much of our income we would lose. And it was hard, kind of hard to impress upon her how impossible it is to do that. But yeah, the BBC low key shaded me for uh, having fewer subscribers than everyone else they interviewed. I was like, damn, okay. Like also if people really wanted to know what content you make, they could, just a they thought. They subscribe. It's literally uh, that easy. Yeah. Like, literally, it's, it, right, I still have my sale going on. It's $10. Like, I've got $10. I think a lot of people have got $10. I'm pretty sure the BBC's got $10. The Brits. That's what we'll chalk it up to. They're British. They don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap and invasive. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the cool, yeah. cool British people. That's not about you. Yeah, from that last spiel, I had like 20 questions pop up. I was like, holy fuck. This <laughs> I'm is very long-winded. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I just want you to know that I'm just going to stick with the path and then we're just going to go that way. But I loved everything okay. that you said. I'm eating this up. Okay. <laughs> so before we go back to talking shit about celebrities who just play sex worker for a few days... Are there any celebrities who have actually done sex workers justice? <clears throat> hmm. So, um, have you guys watched the show P Valley? So it's a show on stars and it's new. It, it just uh, finished its first season and it's about uh, strippers and strip club. And I really enjoy it. I, I think that it's a really good representation. It's, it's fair you know it shows um people's like full lives and it's very honest about the 
needless negative repercussions that they face just for doing their jobs and the double standards of society and stuff. So I guess probably, you know, whoever is involved with that and made that happen, <laughs> um, good for them. They definitely put the work into uh, research and, and knowing what they're doing. And also some, a lot of the actresses on that show can really fucking pole dance. So I would assume there's probably some people in the cast that have some kind of sex work background. But in general, no, celebrities do not, uh, they don't understand sex work. They don't uh, portray it the right way. They really do not respect sex workers. And um, that's a a pretty big problem across the board. Like, I'm sure there are a couple people who have done a great job that I, I just don't know about or can't think of at the moment. So I don't want to really make a blanket statement, but I'll make like, you know, a three quarters of a blanket statement. So getting into the juicy part. So kind of, I guess before, before we get into this next question, I want to ask about Bella Thorne's apology, which I'm, I'm sure you've read. But then, like, I guess my follow-up to that is kind of going to be, like, if she actually wanted to achieve the things that she claimed that she wanted to achieve, how could she have done it? Basically, how can celebrities actually bring attention to the platform? So, did you read Bella Thorne's apology? Yes, I did. I have a, you know, a, a soft-hearted, gullible side of me that always wants to believe people and think that people can change. And so, you know, man, there's a little part of me was like a little hopeful, but um, really, it was a it was a toothless, empty apology that was very self-centered and self-serving. And, um, and the biggest problem is that, well, first of all, like she didn't, she really didn't address the things that she did wrong. And she didn't even address the things that like she lied about. Cause like she kept lying about the fact that she was doing this for a movie with Sean Baker. And, uh, she even like retweeted something about that, like while all of this backlash was going on even though Sean Baker released a statement about how he's not making a movie with her. And um, so it's like, okay, so you're apologizing, but you're not done lying. Uh, you're continuing lying. So that kind of makes your apology less believable. And then she said, she said like, drop your links. Let me promote you. A lot of people did. Did she retweet a single person? No. Like she didn't even like, like people's tweets like I saw a couple of people who had you know looked in her likes and pointed out that she only liked people's comments that were like you go Bella you did nothing wrong you know and then um her sister Kaylee has been saying some like truly horrific uh horophobic things on Instagram including one about how um like basically everyone mad at Bella is just uh insatiable sluts who are jealous that they can't make that same kind of money and uh, Bella liked that and then she just said a bunch of other things really really bragging about like her ability to come in and make more money than girls who have been doing this for a long time as a career uh without and then also she's not like getting nude or doing anything explicit you know so it's really like <sighs> yeah just really rubbing it 
in people's faces that she is like already rich and then like one one person just said something like you know just like we're just trying to survive and uh she just mocked them like you know well you know take charge of your own life you know just really really shitty stuff and so the fact that Bella apologized and claims to support sex workers but then she's liking some of these really cruel mean-spirited comments that her sister is making and even if she doesn't like the other ones she's certainly not speaking out against them or telling her sister hey stop writing all that incredibly cruel shit on Instagram so it really feels like you know she's got her public outward facing statement and then this is the little peek into her actual true feelings. Yeah, sorry not all of us could have been famous at 16 Bella. Yeah. I would love to have been on the Disney Channel, but it was literally my biggest dream. And I begged my mom to move to LA, but she was like, um, we live in Indiana. I've got a life here, okay? <laughs> my life's not all about you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this really seems like celebrities, like you said earlier, distancing themselves from the sex work, especially because I remember her tweeting, there's not going to be any nudity on my OnlyFans heart emoji. And I was like, fuck you, Bella. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. People have really been doing the most to like distance themselves um, from the people who built the very fucking platform that you know they're coming in and making money off of and i i mean i think they're doing it because they want to maintain their air of legitimacy and they and they don't want to deal with any of the fallout and the consequences that sex workers deal with and um that's just not fair like you it's really shitty to come into an industry that is a survival job for so many people and just be gleeful that you can take take some of that money from them or make money that they can't make and not suffer any of the like negative like social repercussions that they suffer that's that's just shitty it's really awful and shitty and I truly I guess I mean not to be like I'm a saint but I just don't understand it because I feel like for me I've been I've just felt the opposite where the more I saw people be discriminated against and and disrespected the more I wanted to stand with those people and help um help get rid of that stigma both within myself and culturally and I just don't understand why people would see the same things that I saw but decide to go the opposite direction of I'm just gonna lean into this stigma and fucking throw these women under the bus um and just use my cultural influence to truly cement and solidify this hierarchy of respectability and 
the negative stereotypes about women who do sex work, I think, I mean, not only is it just selfish and self-centered, but it's, it's very cruel. And, and to have that kind of influence and to have that kind of power and not try to use it to help other people. And in fact, uh, gleefully use it to hurt others uh, you're a horrific person I think that makes you a, an absolute monster of a human being and I wish that that would ruin people's careers instead of showing a titty you know like I I respect people who do whatever they want to do with their own bodies consensually like that doesn't affect my respect for people at all and I don't think it should affect anyone's respect for people but how people treat others that affects my respect for people in a major way and so I get that Bella Thorne has been trying to save face but I think she's really just shown what kind of a person she is and and it's ugly it's fucking ugly as hell do you think she saw your thread? Oh, I know she did. Yeah, I know somebody who uh, knows her. And they messaged me and told me that she has seen my thread. And this person I know had an opportunity to talk to Bella's management about some things that like she could do to make things better and uh, did ask for my opinion and my suggestions. And so Without having a lot of uh, hope that she would actually do them, I did pass along my suggestions. So it's kind of funny because, I mean, I didn't really think that she would see it, but also, like, cool, great. Like, I meant everything I said, and she has shown that she's reacting to all of this extremely defensively, so I'm sure that's how she felt while reading my thread. I wish that she could be open-minded and read it and recognize like the actual harm that she caused people and think about ways that she could actually fix that and not just fix her reputation but you know if she doesn't do that at all then I guess the very smallest consolation prize is that she got to read that I hate her stinky guts good <laughs> <laughs> holy fuck why this dumb okay 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 <laughs> it's okay to admit mm -hmm. when you fuck up mm -hmm. I want to make it clear that this is not a situation where Bella Thorne is going to be this evil person forever there are things that she could do to make it right yeah. and she is aware of that and now I guess we wait and see yeah I mean I'm definitely somebody like I'm not I'm really not a canceling person which is kind of funny that like that rant went viral because that's not really how I use my Twitter most of the time um and I usually tend to talk about like societal issues in general not individuals but I think yeah when you've been called out for something and you have committed real harm to people you should open up your ears and educate yourself listen and then truly reflect on it and change your behavior and try to make amends and make things better and then do things better from now on and I honestly think most sex workers are open to forgiving her and and uh you know and not retaining like a hostility towards her 
they just want to see her do the right thing and they just want to see sex workers be protected you know and so there there's a lot that she could do to actually side with sex workers and and help lift us up and join the community and you know truly be one of us you know work with people talk to people listen to them promote the other people the way we all do actually like join this community and use your influence for good she has a massive opportunity to do that if she wants and so i hope that she takes the opportunity to recognize the power that she has to make things better and use that instead of focusing on how she can resurrect her own personal reputation. I think that's a great note to end the See, I can be nice too. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Erica, thank you so much for doing this interview with us. It was great getting to hear your perspective on everything. And honestly, I didn't think you would get back to us at all. So I was really excited that you that you did in the first place. Oh, I think it took me a couple days. I got really overwhelmed by my DMs, but I was very happy to talk to you guys. And this is a much more fun and pleasant kind of interview to do than, you know, with uh, BBC. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we try to keep the podcast. (laughs) More fun than the BBC. (laughs) That's our new tagline. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If our listeners want to try and find you on social media, where can they look? So. Everything is just under my uh, extremely easy to spell and pronounce name, Erica Heidewald. And um, yeah, I'm at Erica Heidewald on everything. And my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Erica Heidewald as well. And by the way, I also have a lot of girls who subscribe to my OnlyFans. And uh, I love that. So, you know, if people want to do that too, and you're... You're welcome to to see me on there. And uh, there is a place I always respond to my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah, go find Erica on OnlyFans. Support her. Support sex workers. You can find us at candygirlpodcast.com if you want to reach out to us or all of our episodes are on there. That's the best way to contact us. That's it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll hear from you next week. Fuck me, daddy. daddy. <laughs>